listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, December 1st, and we are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. Today, we're going international, which is pretty exciting. I, I really enjoy getting a chance to talk with our missionaries and learn about life for them, what it's like to serve internationally. And today, we get to learn about what it would be like, potentially, for you to serve as a missionary, like what you should consider if you're thinking about serving as a missionary in the future. And... Well, we'll learn more about that in just a little bit. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Corey Rajak. He's regional director for Eurasia region and resides in Riga, Latvia. Pastor Rajak, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I would normally say good morning, but it is evening for you. So (laughs) thanks for spending some afternoon, evening time with us. Looking forward to learning about the Lord's work in Eurasia. Joining us also today, the Reverend Charles Ferry. He's regional director for Asia Region and resides in Jai, Taiwan. Pastor Ferry, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Great to be back with you guys. Thank you. So let's start with your own stories. When did you begin thinking about becoming a pastor? Pastor Rajek, we'll start with you. When did you start thinking about that 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 path to becoming a pastor, formation and and education and and what it might be like to be a pastor. Who who planted that seed for you? So I guess uh, my story begins in confirmation class uh, with my pastor. He had just received a call to my congregation, and uh, we had gone through two years of confirmation, seventh and eighth grade, like I think so many other LCMS people do. Uh, but anyway, um, after confirmation, after I was confirmed, my pastor approached my dad to tell him that he thought that I would make a good pastor. And, you know, at the time when he said that, my mom and dad mentioned that to me. And I thought, well, he probably says that to everybody. (laughs) Uh, So so I kind of kind of didn't think too much of it. But I think he was trying to kind of lay the groundwork so that my mom and dad would encourage me to consider seminary later on. And and they did. And and my pastor encouraged me as well. He uh, got me involved in the the congregation uh, doing various uh, activities. And, you know, it kind of kept me around the church and and being involved and being active in the church and, and in church activities. And so really, it was my pastor that that really got me started at it was a real privilege uh, when my pastor retired um, that he asked me to to preach at his retirement uh, ceremony as well. And so I was able to retell that story uh, in front of the congregation that that had that I'd grown up in and the congregation that nurtured me along the way. So it was a real joy. But really, my pastor was the was the main impetus uh, for me entering into the ministry. What an honor to be able to do that. And and for your pastor to have so much respect for you then as a pastor yourself to be able to preach at his retirement. That's so cool. Pastor Ferry, what about you? When did you start thinking about being a pastor? My story started very much like Dr. Rajek's. Uh, it also started with my home pastor, uh, who was a, a young guy in West Dallas, Wisconsin, who uh, for some reason thought that uh, I had some gifts that might serve well in the ministry. And he started getting me involved in church stuff. He got me acolyting. He got me reading for the services, uh, got me kind of following some of the things that he did in his normal duties. Um, and it was a wonderful thing. So all kind of through grade school, high school, the beginning of college, this is all 
what I had talked about and what I had planned on. Um, I had the privilege of going to a, an LCMS uh, grade school, high school, and uh, to Concordia University, uh, the sponsor of this particular uh, coffee mm-hmm. hour here, um, and just did wonderful things to to nurture those things as I was growing up. I went through some changes in college and some experiences that made me start to question that. So as college wound down then, as I came closer to graduation, I said, do I really want to do this? And so ended up kind of switching gears there and ended up trying very hard not to be a pastor for about seven years. I got into law enforcement, became a police officer in uh, Milwaukee and in West Dallas. And uh, the Lord did not let me go, though. And usually through through my pastor, through some other pastors that I got to know me, got me reinvolved in some church activities and kind of called me back. So still have memories of of pulling out my Greek flashcards and running them in my squad car while I'm running radar <laughs> and still checking on my vocab and, and trying to get in there so I could pass that that Greek qualifier to to start the seminary. So glad to have had that, had some wonderful experiences that way, but it really all started with my home pastor getting me involved and taking an interest and really kind of nurturing those those skills and, and opportunities. I love learning all of these new things about people that I've known for a long time. I did not know that about you. That's, that's, that's so cool. That's a fun story. So what, Pastor Ferry, what was your formation as a pastor like? Your, your years in seminary, getting to seminary, vicarage, first years in a congregation. What was that formation journey like for you? I had thought that I had done a number of really challenging things in my life to that point, right? I mean, getting through the the police academy, serving as a, as a deputy in the jail, getting involved in in the law enforcement world, chasing down suspects, arresting people, right? This whole thing. It was nothing compared to what seminary gave me. It was a challenge on a whole new level that stretched me in ways that I never even knew existed. And yet it was such a good thing because I had that community around me. I still am very close friends with guys that I started on that journey with at the very same time. And we kind of came and and supported one another through all of that really kind of felt like being in war together, being in the trenches and really kind of supporting one another through a lot of those challenges, which I really, in the end, realized that as as long as seminary took, right, this four-year experience here that stretched in so many ways wasn't nearly long enough. When I got out into the uh, parish, I realized just how much I had learned and yet how much I still needed to learn in my congregation as well. How about for you, Pastor Rajek? What did that formation look like in preparing for seminary, going to seminary, vicarage, first few years out as a pastor? My journey really wasn't all that different from um, from Chuck's. Actually, we both attended uh, Concordia University, Wisconsin together. Uh, actually, in the same, I believe, the same uh, pre-seminary class. Um, but as Chuck indicated, his his journey kind of took a little uh, detour for a little while. Uh, mine did not. So I was more of a, a traditional. Uh, I took the traditional route to seminary. After high school, I attended Concordia University, Wisconsin in their pre-seminary uh, program, uh, graduated with a um, pre-seminary and theological language degree. Uh, I then uh, attended Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, uh, and these were very, very formative years for me. Uh, the professors I had from Norman Nagel to Ron Spleyerhan to Louis Brighton had great impact on me 
and upon my formation as a theologian and as a pastor. The relationships, and, and I know Chuck uh, touched on this as well, the relationships that, that I formed with the other seminarians on campus, relationships that I still have today. And these were all very, very important to me and continue to be very important to me and formed me into the pastor, the theologian, and even the missionary that I am today. I did my vicarage congregation at a, at a rather large congregation in South Dakota. That was a, a great experience. It was a time when they really taught me about Christian love and, and what that all entailed. Years later, they actually called me back to be their senior pastor. So it was a, it was a great experience for me. My first call was to a dual parish in Iowa, and kind of like uh, what Chuck had indicated, that these people were very wonderful. They were very patient with me, even though I was very much still a student. You know, I, I, I learned at the seminary, but you, you kind of learn a whole new side of ministry uh, when you, when you uh, enter into your first call. And so, so I think there, um, while seminary did a really good job of training me, especially to be a theologian, in many respects, uh, my first call uh, trained me to be a pastor to God's people. And so, um, so both those are very, very formative years. And I, I don't think we really stop learning. You know, even now as, as a regional director of Eurasia, my call may be different than it was back in the States as a parish pastor. But, but in many ways, I'm still learning. I'm still learning this role. I'm still learning how to be a, a, a proper a theologian and pastor to God's people. It's just in a different place now. Share with us briefly, Pastor Ajak, about that, the path from being a, a parish pastor to becoming a missionary. What sparked that interest for you in becoming a missionary? Well, deep down in the back of my mind, um, I always had a heart for missions. Um, it was always something that was part of me, and I, and I thought about it uh, from time to time. I, I know I had mentioned it to my wife uh, several times through our years of, of marriage, um, but um, it was always something that was off in the distance, something that, you know, I, I had my call to my parish, and, and things were, were, were going well. And, and it was, but it was something that was there, but I really didn't think too much beyond that. Until one day when I was, I was serving a congregation out in South Dakota and, and the former executive director of OIM, Dan McMiller, uh, he called me up. And, you know, when I first looked at my phone, it said area code 314. And I said to myself, do I really want to ignore this? <laughs> 314 St. Louis area code. I should probably answer this. So I answered it and Dan introduced himself. And then he said, I've got, I've got two questions for you. And he said, the first question is, do you have a PhD? And I do. And then he said, the second question is, would you ever consider a call? And my response to him was, I will consider any call the Lord sends my way. And he said, great answer. And he says, let me tell you about uh, Riga Luther Academy. And so I was originally recruited to be a professor at uh, the regional seminary that OIM started uh, with our partner, the Latvians, the Latvian Lutheran Church. 
and I started out teaching for the uh, for the Riga Luther Academy, and then later became the associate regional director, and now the regional director of Eurasia. And so, you know, Dan said to me, "Hey, follow the process, uh, see where it leads," and I did, and here I am. <laughs> We'll learn more about uh, Pastor Ferry's story and path to serving as a missionary as well in just a moment. You are listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Goldseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our Set Apart to Serve series today with missionaries, learning about serving as missionaries in... Today, we're talking in Eurasia and Asia regions. And our guests, the Reverend Dr. Corey Rajek and the Reverend Charles Ferry. Uh, Pastor Ferry, share with us about your path from serving as a pastor and I believe a chaplain, is that correct? Military chaplain? To becoming a, a missionary. It's it's so wonderful to hear how, you know, some of the guys like Corey had shared with us that it's always kind of been in the back of his mind. For me, it was never anywhere on my radar, just not in any way, shape or form. I was serving a parish in Southeast Michigan and was also serving as an Air Force chaplain in the Air National Guard. And so my congregation viewed that as their mission outreach through me, because obviously our chaplains cross paths with a whole lot of people that would never darken the door of a church. And that is its its own mission work in, in, a, in a great respect. We actually had the opportunity to host an LCMS missionary to come out and do a presentation on what he was being called to do at that time in the Asia region in the country of Sri Lanka. And so this guy came highly recommended through a, a mutual friend that we had. And so we had him come out and while he's doing his presentation, he and I hit it off really well, got along great. And he said, you know, some people say that military chaplains make great missionaries. And I laughed in his face. I said, there's no way. That's not anything that my wife and I have ever talked about seriously doing. Uh, and he said, oh, OK, well, that's that's interesting. Just, you know, keep it in mind. And the next thing I know, my phone's ringing with a 314 area code. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm getting a call from the Asia regional director at that time. And I said, oh, why not? So I also answered the phone and started talking with him. And it was just fascinating to hear him talk about this country called Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world, where there is this small Lutheran church body that wants to be faithful. They want the LCMS to come out and provide them teaching and guidance and mentoring because they want to be like us. They want to be like us and our, and our pastors and our church workers and our congregations, but we need a full-time missionary to go out there. 
And so I said, well, I'll talk to my wife about it. And I figured, well, that'll be the end of that one. And so Cheryl and I sat down and talked. And I said, well, sweetie, let me tell you about a phone call that I got today. And after I went into this whole thing, I looked at her and she said, well, why not? And I said, <laughs> okay, I guess we really got to think about this then, don't we? So after a lot more conversation, we ended up taking that opportunity then, left my, my parish in Michigan. We took our, our four children at that time, one boy, two girls, and then a newborn baby that was just born and actually moved to Indonesia, started language training. And that was the beginning of, of this whole kind of journey. And we are so, so thankful for the opportunity. And the biggest fear that my children have now, seven altogether, three of which were born in, in Asia, one in Taiwan and, and two in Indonesia, their biggest fear is that we're going to re- have to repatriate back to the U.S., and that they're going to have to give up living in Asia that they've really come to love and and appreciate. So nothing that we ever expected, nothing we were ever looking for, but something that the Lord has given us great joy in in carrying out. Moral of the story I'm hearing is never ignore a 314 area code when they call. <laughs> it's it's really it's really fun to hear though those stories though how how vastly different the journey in was, but how God is always faithful to both of you on those journeys and where he's brought both of you now and the the really amazing work that both of you are doing in your respective regions. So that's really great to hear those stories. Uh, What are some ways that uh, missionaries serve in both of your regions and how, how is that service different from being, you know, a parish pastor in the United States? Pastor Ferry, let's start with you. Some of the ways in which missionaries serve in our Asia region can vary greatly because we've got very different partners that sometimes have uh, very different strategic needs that they bring to our attention and where they're looking for our uh, assistance. Um, Sometimes they're looking for educators. And so we'll have pastors in particular that come out there that are giving intensives that are there for a week or two at a time on particular topics that are requested by that particular church body. Sometimes it's posting somebody at a partner seminary where they become a a part of that faculty and are providing guidance and mentoring, curriculum development, and just straight up instruction. Sometimes it's missionaries that come on into a particular field and kind of represent the LCMS in that particular context. We've got some wonderful longtime missionaries, for example, in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And so they are the face of the LCMS to those partners that have asked for our help. And they're doing everything from health education to resource development to actual teaching and and having company out in the the far-flung provinces. We also do a lot of uh, theological resource development. A lot of these places just don't have good Lutheran materials in their own languages. Sometimes they don't even know that certain good Lutheran resources exist. And so our missionaries can come in there with that expertise and that familiarity and kind of help direct those uh, projects so that those resources can be made available for those particular people. Dr. Rajak, anything you'd like to add to that about how uh, missionaries serve in your region? Absolutely. You know, it's very similar to what um, uh, Chuck just described uh, regarding what missionaries do in Eurasia. Uh, a lot of it is uh, theological education, conferences, uh, seminary training, catechesis, these types of things. 
ultimately the, the focus um, for all of my missionaries, and I make this uh, clear to them um, all the time whenever I, I get a chance to speak to them, uh, really the focus is on planting churches, planting Lutheran churches. It is, it is really uh, centered around word and sacrament ministry. Uh, we do a lot of things, um, a lot of things in our region, um, but it all centers around word and sacrament. And I, I know of no other way in which our Lord promised to make disciples outside of word and sacrament. So that has become a center, a focus, I think, uh, not only of Eurasia, but I think all over the world. Uh, when you talk about OIM, focusing on planting Lutheran churches. I mean, even the theological instruction we do, the theological education we do, is focused on preparing church planters and pastors uh, to that minister uh, to the people of God. And, and Corey brings that out very explicitly, and I think he states the, the case very well. That's where all of the work with our partners is focused, is on the task of planting churches in that local context. And I think that one of the best parts for me is that it's not just pastors that are involved in this mission work and in this work with our with our partners. The, the body of Christ in all of its beauty is brought together here as the Lord calls people with various skill sets and experiences all to work together towards this one overarching task. And so we've got a number of people on our team, some that are pastors, some that are experienced LCMS teachers, uh, some that are musicians, all sorts of different experiences and, and educations and skill sets that are all working together towards this one task. So, Pastor Ferry, for the high school student um, who might be thinking about missionary, uh, serving as a missionary in the future, any any tips for them to consider while they're in high school or maybe college students as well? Some things they might be thinking about that might help them consider that vocation more in the future. Great question. I would encourage people, for one, to get exposure to different cultures and languages. If you can start language training in whatever language, especially in the high school years, it will serve you well in just sort of brain development in, in learning whatever whatever language you have available to you. I would also say be engaged in your church, be engaged in your theology, because the biggest thing that I need is people that understand what it means to be a servant and what it means to be who we are as Bible-believing, confessing Christians, otherwise known as Lutherans, in just you know, because the, the mission field will challenge you in so many respects and and defy you to define who you are and where you stand. And so if you could be solid on that, what you believe, teach, and confess as a member of the LCMS, that will be one of the best things that will serve you wherever the Lord will call you to be. Dr. Rajak, what about adults that uh, may be hearing this, hearing interesting things about serving on a mission field, or maybe have been thinking about it for a really long time and the opportunity hasn't come? What are some things that adults can be doing to prepare themselves? I think it's a lot of the same thing that um, that Chuck uh, had talked about. Um, uh, but one thing that, that he mentioned uh, that I do want to emphasize, again, is staying connected to the church, staying connected to your local congregation, um, receive the gifts that our Lord gives through word and sacrament, talk to your pastor about it. You can contact representatives uh, from OIM 
Uh, you can go on, on the website, international.lcms.org, and find out all kinds of opportunities and even apply for different uh, positions that, that are open right now, things that we're looking for. You can apply uh, as a missionary, and that goes right to our recruiter. So um, there are great opportunities, um, great uh, things, uh, opportunities, uh, positions that are available. Uh, if you're thinking about it, pray about it, uh, stay connected to your church, and then talk to someone about it. International.lcms.org. Always a great website to learn more about opportunities to serve internationally. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Corey Rajek, Regional Director for Eurasia Region. Thanks so much, Pastor Rajek, for being our guest. My pleasure. Thank you. And the Reverend Charles Ferry, Regional Director for Asia Region for the LCMS. Thanks so much, Pastor Ferry, for being our guest. Always fun, Andy and Sarah. Thank you. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit kfuo.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at kfuo.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.